I know some people are looking for the baby in the manger, but he's already done that. He's coming back this time as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and how wonderful that is going to be. Um, just to let you know some housekeeping before I start preaching, um, Friday, this coming Friday, is going to be Dwayne Olson's funeral here at the church. And so um, visitation will start at 10 o'clock, the funeral's at 11. The ladies of the church will be serving um, afterwards, so um, we're going to have to have everything set up. So one of our games we're going to play on Wednesday night for Awana Christmas party is bringing down one of the tables. That's going to be for the, the adult men. And we got to get the rolling table from upstairs down here so we can have all six of them available on uh, Friday because we're going to need them all. And so we're also going to have to have all of our chairs, set, all 100 chairs set up, so we've got to have another row over there as well. So it's going to be exciting. Um, keep Marilyn in prayer. She sees this as an answer to prayer with um, Dwayne because um, they had diagnosed him with cancer and uh, his kidneys were failing and they couldn't do anything for him. So this was an answer to prayer for her. So she's feeling... She, on one hand, she's grateful that God answered prayer for Dwayne, but on the other hand, she's also sad. But she's also somewhat stressed with all the things she has to think about. And we, the three, Jason and I and Joanne told her, just take one day at a time, one moment, don't worry about making big decisions. Everything will work out. Pray for the kids too, because this is hard on them as well. So, praise God. So be in prayer. Um, know that uh, we're going to get through this with them, and we're just going to praise the Lord. So, hallelujah. Merry Christmas. Jesus came to Bethlehem so that we could be saved. This morning I want to talk to you about the miracle, the miracle of God's perfect timing. The miracle of God's perfect timing. We find in Galatians 4, in verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God set forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for your word today. We ask you, Lord, that you would touch us by your Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Move upon us, Lord. Let this word find good soil in our hearts and our minds, Lord Jesus. Renew us. Transform us. Make us, Lord, like our Savior, we pray in Jesus' precious name. And Lord, help us to see that your timing is always right. Your timing is always perfect. Your timing can be a miracle in our lives. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Oh, I thank him for his anointing this morning. It is no mistake this morning that you are here. This is part of God's perfect timing. There's no mistakes under God's heaven when it comes only the things that we when we sin are the mistakes everything else God uses besides and then the interesting thing that even our sin sometimes what God does with that especially when we repent is that he turns everything to good and that's one of the, that's because of God's grace 
And we've got to learn to stop beating up ourselves and turn things over to him. The message of the cross is still real. The message of the cross is where we put our hope. The message of the cross is what overcomes our addictions. The message of the cross is where we learn that we are sanctified. And if we would just turn our lives over to him, we don't have to try so hard in ourselves, but let the Holy Spirit work in us. We don't have to let our flesh rule over our heads. Where do you think addiction lies? In our flesh. I mean, really, come on. Anybody who's ever had an addiction, they really don't want to do it. But their flesh says, I crave. Well, let the message of the cross, let what Jesus did when he said he was finished with all of your sins, all of your problems, all your sickness, all your disease, when he said he was finished, he was finished with it. Let that wash over and start telling your flesh, shut up. It's okay to tell your flesh to shut up. Tell your, start getting your, get that spirit man of you strengthened by using the scripture on yourself. Start saying, spirit, you see, you've got a spirit. You're a triune being. Your, 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 your body, which is your flesh, your soul, which is your mind, and your spirit. Your spirit, when you get saved, all of a sudden connects with the Holy Spirit, tells you you're a child of God. And so you can say to your spirit, like David, David went to the temple one day and he didn't feel like praising the Lord. So he commanded his spirit to worship the Lord and he wrote one of the most wonderful psalms in the Bible. We can go ahead and say, Spirit, tell my flesh to knock it off. Paul says we wage a war with our flesh daily. I'm telling you all this because I want you to be sure of God's timing in your life that he will touch you. You see, we need to trust and have faith in God's timing. Again, Galatians 4.4 says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now you might be saying, but I've turned things over to God so many times. Why doesn't he answer me right now? You know, Adam and Eve could have said that to the Lord too. Thousands of years before Jesus came, before this event came, before that fullness of time came, God promised Adam and Eve in the garden that he would send forth a Savior to the world. The very first prophecy was by God himself. We had to wait thousands of years, and finally Jesus came to the little town of Bethlehem and was laid in a manger. We may get impatient, but God is always right on time. You know why it took so long? You know why it took so long before the fullness time had come, the perfect time had come for Jesus to be born? Because first, God had to prove to us we needed to be saved. And with human beings the way human beings are, it took thousands of years to prove it. Think about how stubborn we are. <sighs> Have you ever trained a puppy? Have you ever trained a puppy? Have you, are you still trying to train them now that it's a dog? 
Come on. Now you know how God feels with us. How many times does the puppy still do puppy things? How many times does sometimes our dogs revert back to being just dumb dogs? Now you know how God feels about us. And worst of all, he does not compare us to dogs, he compares us to sheep. And if anybody ever raised sheep, you know why you're laughing. God had to prove to human beings we needed a Savior, that on our own we'll mess everything up. So in your case where you're being impatient, know that God is right on time. Then right on time, after God proved, that's why he gave us the Ten Commandments, the Law of Moses, to show us our need for a Savior. Right on time, when it was time, when the world was come together, God brought the world together. That's why history is actually his story. When the Roman Empire, when he used Alexander the Great to conquer the known world, knew that Alexander couldn't handle it, got him out of the way, brought the Romans in with their laws and roads, and with that, with the world having one language to speak, they all spoke their own languages at home, but they had one common language. Wait a second, you know, it's kind of like today. We have one common language, which is English in the world. Back then it was Koine Greek, common Greek. And everybody spoke it. Jesus preached in Greek. That's why the New Testament was written in Greek. So everybody could read it for themselves. And then, at that time, the Romans had built these roads that you could go any place in the world, all the way from Great Britain, all the way to Babylon. You could travel on their roads in safety. That's a lot. You could go through Northern Africa on their roads. You knew, and the message of the word could be spread quickly. Paul traveled mostly on the Roman roads to get to where he was going. Today, what do we have? Our roads are in the air. You can get on a plane and go anywhere in the world right now. Hmm. If you speak, actually, if you speak English, Spanish, and German, you could be understood anywhere in the whole world. Most people don't know. That's all you need to know is those three languages. But the common, the world's common language, the one that they speak at the UN, is English. Think about that. So similar to when Jesus came the first time. Oh, but we get impatient. But you see, what we don't understand that God doesn't deal with our calendar and our time. He has his own time. And God's outside of our time. You see the problem you're going through right now? He already sees when it began, and he sees its completion and how he's going to fix it. You, the problem with us, we're somewhere in the middle, and we don't know where in the middle we are. We could be so close to the answer. But so many times because we get impatient, we give up. And if we had just waited a little longer on God, we would have found we were at the conclusion of that problem. Don't give up. Trust him. Be obedient to him. 
Hold on. He will answer, and it will be right on time. Just like it says here, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. We can learn a, lesson, a great lesson from Joseph and the birth of Christ. Matthew 1 and verse 18. And I know we read this in Sunday school, so I'm going to just read through it. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph! Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, <coughs> for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with a ch with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us then Joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and here's something you need to understand and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. I want you to notice something. He didn't know her until she gave birth to Jesus, but after her purification, he knew her. That's how Jesus ended up with two brothers that we know of and sisters. Joseph might have been an obedient man, but he was still a man. And he loved his wife. I know there's a church in town that teaches that he never touched her. Um, I don't know where they get that when the word of God is so clear. The birth of Jesus. We can learn a lot from Joseph. A great lesson from Joseph. First of all, we see Joseph's great love. Now, they were, when they say he was her husband, the custom back then was a little different. If you got engaged... Everybody kind of thought that everybody thought, viewed you as married, but not married where you could live together. Right. You get that? So as soon as you got engaged, he was off limits, she was off limits. They were as good as married, except they hadn't gotten married yet, because Joseph, under the custom of the day, had to go home and make sure the house was ready. He had to have the house finished, the roof on, the bedrooms done, the living room done, and had it fully furnished with all the pots and pans that she was going to need for cooking. Good thing he was a carpenter. He was making fast work. He was in love with her. All of a sudden, he finds out she's pregnant. Now, he's 
deeply in love with her. She's pregnant. Most guys back then would have been mad, wrote her a thing of divorcement, handed her, and the townsfolks would have been in a big scandal, took her out and stoned her to death because she was unfaithful to Joseph. Aren't you glad we don't live in those days? There's a lot of women that would be stoned to death. I don't know why the men were off the hook, but really they weren't. But we always hear about the women getting picked on. So what does he say? I'm going to put her away secretly. Just do it secretly so nobody knows why we are not getting married. Let them surmise. I'm not going to bring her harm. While he was pondering this, he hadn't even talked to anybody about it. The angel of the Lord came to him. Now can you imagine being Joseph and your beloved comes to you and says, Um, honey, um... I got something to tell you. It's going to be shocking. Uh, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm just going to tell you straight out. The angel came to me, told me that the Lord wanted to use me, and I said yes, and now I'm pregnant, and the baby was conceived in me by the Holy Ghost. It doesn't happen ever. <laughs> what would you be thinking? But because he loved her, he was going to put her away secretly. You see, that's great love. But all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord comes to him in a dream. And says, Joseph, this thing that was done to her was done by the Holy Spirit. You know, Joseph didn't argue with the angel in his dream, did he? He just accepted his word by faith. That's the other thing that we see here about Joseph. Not only did he have great love, but Joseph had great faith. Hmm. Okay. I, I'm not gonna, I've learned the lessons of my forefathers. King David, Solomon, Asa, just Jehoshaphat. I mean, I could name Manasseh. I've learned, I learned their lesson. That's why I'm not king and that, that usurper Herod is. I'm just going to believe. I believe that Joseph probably would have been a great king of Israel because of his faith. But Manasseh messed everything up because he was such a wicked king. Joseph said, okay. Can you imagine? That's a lot of faith, isn't it? Uh, Mary says, this thing was done by the Holy Ghost. The angel comes to me and says, this thing was done by the Holy Ghost. Okay, I give up. I just believe. <laughs> okay, okay, God. I hope you're not playing a joke on me, but I accept it. And he had great faith. The third thing we can learn from Joseph is he was obedient. Joseph's obedience. Excuse me. Right away that says he took her as his wife. He didn't wait. The custom of that day was the mothers were supposed to get to get the mother. The two moms were supposed to get Mary's mom. His mom was supposed to go over there. The dad's already sealed the agreement. 
You know, then they kind of sat back and let the mothers worry about it. The mothers had to go over to the house and check it out and say, check off the checklist. Yep, you got everything done. Ooh, that's a pretty bedspread. I would have picked a different color. No, I like that one. His grandmother gave him, to, you know, the you know the typical stuff. That, <laughs> no, he didn't even do that. He didn't wait on the moms to say, okay, you got everything. He just went ahead the next that morning. He got up. He went over and he took Mary as his wife. Boom. Signed, sealed, delivered. And of course, Caesar said everybody had to be counted, so he loaded up the donkey, revved it up. <laughs> That's why they got such big ears, Roma. <laughs> Donkeys are weird. We were heading up to Grandma's one day up in Niagara, and uh, we come around the corner, and all of a sudden, here's two donkeys got loose, standing on the side of the road, just looking and counting cars. <laughs> but you know what? Back then, the donkey was the smoothest ride you could have. It's interesting that when Jesus was coming to, to earth, he rode a donkey to Bethlehem. When Jesus was going to die for our sins, he rode a donkey into Jerusalem. So the legend says that's why every donkey has that cross on their back. It's because they were chosen. That's the legend. That they were chosen for the Savior to ride first to Bethlehem and then into Jerusalem to remind us how humble Jesus came. Joseph was obedient. His obedience went so far as to do, okay, this thing is of the Holy Ghost. I'm, I have all the rights as a husband in the world now. I'm married to her, but I'm not going to touch her until she gives birth and she's done with her purification. He had to wait the rest of her pregnancy, her to be delivered of Jesus, and the nine days of purification afterwards before they could ever have their wedding night. What American male would have waited for that? <laughs> but Joseph did. Because he was obedient without a fault to the Lord. And by the way, can you imagine being told you're going to have to raise God's son? Wow. What we think it's we get scared sometimes when we think about raising our kids. Think about Joseph. I got God's son here. The great reason why Jesus came is found back in Galatians chapter four. The whole reason he came is found in verse five and six. Let me read again verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of, a, born of a woman, born under the law. And here's the kicker. To redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. 
Let me read verse 7 for some. I think someone needs this here. Take this verse for yourself today so you can tell your flesh to shut up. <laughs> Especially when it's raging. It could be pain. It could be whatever. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave to your flesh or to, to the customs of this world or to, to whatever. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The great reason that Jesus came was so that you could be redeemed. I've been redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. Unto him I now resign. For I have been, I have been redeemed. You already belong to God officially. But what does it mean to redeem? It means he's claimed you again. But because of sin, sin separated us from God. But because of Jesus, he broke the curse so that we could come to know him as our Lord and Savior. He broke sin so that we could go ahead and be forgiven. He broke death in the grave so that we could live eternally. He came so that we could be brought back to our Heavenly Father. So the babe in the manger grew up and at 33 years of age died on the cross so we could be saved. You know, if God doesn't do anything more than that for you, you're pretty fortunate. Come on. If he never heals you, but because he saved you, you're pretty fortunate. Come on. Don't you think that... Sometimes we think we're the only ones who ever struggled. I'm so glad that when we read the Bible, we see the people the way they are. Paul had, a, Paul had a thorn in his flesh and he asked the Lord time and time and time again to take away and the Lord never did. And Paul finally said it was there to keep him humble. Think about that. But you know what? When Paul got to heaven... He was finally set free from that thing. Because when we all get to heaven, we're going to get a brand new body that never sins, never has pain, never gets sick, never has problems, and oh, how wonderful it's going to be there, having no burdens to bear. When we accept Jesus into our hearts, God himself adopts us. You know what? When you ask Jesus into your heart, you got adopted that day. By God himself. He made you his own child. That's why in verse 7 it says, you are now an heir with Jesus Christ. My word, can you imagine what that means for you? as his son, as his daughter, to be a joint heir with Jesus. He adopts you as his own children. Because of Jesus, we can call his heavenly father, Daddy. That's what Abba Father means. It means Daddy. 
Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing he is to us. Oh, let us pray. Oh, Lord, will we give our hearts to Jesus this Christmas? Oh, Lord, will we turn our problems over to you? Lord, will, you, will we turn over our weaknesses to you? Lord, we give them all to you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, it's hard for us at times to wait patiently for you to come with your answer. But we thank you, Lord, that you have our answer, Lord. That your perfect timing is always right. Lord, help us to rest and know that whatever we're going through right now, that, Lord, you know when it's going to come to an end and you're going to give us the victory. So, Lord, we turn over those weaknesses. We turn over those struggles. We turn over those sins. We turn over our hearts completely to you and we thank you for the message of the cross that taught us that all these things were carried on the cross by you, Jesus, and you declared they are finished. So Lord, help us to catch up to where you are by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we, sep we accept that we are separated unto you as your children. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you accepted us for who we are, what, how we are, what we are when you died for us. And you accepted us and saved us and made us your own. Even with all of our faults and warts, You've accepted us as your own. Thank you, Lord, for the most awesome Christmas present we could ever receive. And Lord, we give ourselves to you. We love you, Lord. And we thank you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.